last week on Lore Seekers. Isn't that the perfect way to, to freaking learn a new chapter? You're at a pub. Yeah, to get effed up while you're doing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're at a tavern. <laughs> yes. So good. I'm staring at that one just going, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. <laughs> you get to explore the home of the Khajiit, which I cannot wait. You get to hunt roaming dragons. What? Undaunted. Undaunted. We are undaunted. Yeah, we're doing a lower less. Oh, <laughs> bro, that's mild compared to what's coming. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Ooh, yeah, baby. Ouch! What happened? Really, dude? What? What happened? Did you stick a tack on my chair? Um, I may have got overzealous. It took you a freaking ye- almost a year, over a year, to stick a tack on my damn barstool, and you did it today. I got I got excited. Dragons, man. <sighs> well played, sir. Dragons. Well played. <laughs> What can I get you? Oh, yeah, here she is. Oh, uh, my dear. I need a honey mead, please. Honey mead. I am going out of the ordinary today. I'm going with a rye. Coming right up. Rye whiskey. Oh. From High Rock. Do you have any from High Rock? Oh, my gosh. Can you smell my snootiness today? I can smell it. I can smell it from across the room. That's why I put that tack on there. So, uh, what's been going on, man? How, How you been? I've been amazing. It's been an yeah. amazing week. Even though I yeah, um, I got my virtual nuts kicked in by work this week, but I don't care. I have zero complaints. <laughs> um, I love my job, for one. Um, mm-hmm. And for two, when I'm not doing my job, I get to play ESO. And I played a freaking lot of it this week. Um, and I also did something a, l- a little bit special. So I got my warden to 50. My mm-hmm. additional warden <laughs> to right. 50. Um, trying out some different specs and just really having a good time on this dude. Dove headfirst into Jester's Festival. And just yesterday, my friend, I received something that I've been waiting for for the better part of a year. I got my Jester's personality. <gasps> oh, there you go. I, I Last year, I was like, yeah, I don't want to spend the crowns. And then this year, <laughs> I I went through an entire year of watching people run around like absolute idiots with that thing on, and I would die laughing every time. <laughs> so this year, I finally picked it. I wasn't it wasn't even that expensive either. I don't think it mattered how much it no. was. I was going to get it. So I got the Jester's personality, and I'm absolutely rocking that. I have my stick guar, so I'm just doing a. Send out my love to uh, Tales of Tamriel. Talking to you, Ark. He hates guars. Oh. So, yeah. So, I'm bouncing around on my little stick guar. And when I'm not on him, I'm kicking my legs up in the air just like an absolute clown. (laughs) It's awesome. So, the other thing that I did. Two more things. Uh Uh-huh. Two more things. Okay. Um, So, I got the face paint. 
which is one of the rewards that you can get this year in the Jester's Festival, right? Mm-hmm. Really cool looking clowny black and white face paint. It's actually kind of it terrifying. It's like the crow. It's from... freaking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yeah. it. Um, but I didn't know that on top of that, I can put my Red Guard wrap around my head. Oh, nice. So I have the face paint and the Red, the red Guard wrap, which I have dyed black. And then I had the Jester's costume on in a couple of different colors, like black and green or something like that. My character looks freaking sinister. Like he's nice. like he's going out to commit a crime. He looks mm-hmm. bitching. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about that. And then I figured since, you know, this is the 25th year of Elder Scrolls, why would I not download and play Arena? Yeah, right? how'd that go? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I have the anthology. I've had the Elder Scrolls anthology for a long time. Yeah. And it was more for... You know, yeah, if I ever get around to play those games, I will. It was more for nostalgia so that I had that set. And then this week I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw it on there and just see how it goes. Because, you know, it kind of ties in. It's Abner Tharn's dad is, you know, part of that storyline. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. So I jump in there to do it and download it. And it's terrible. Now, there is story there, and it's super nostalgic to just read through the text, but oh my god, the controls is like a monkey trying to do terrible things to a football. I think it's one of those, well, I think it's one of those things where it's like you appreciate it for its time, you know? Like you, it's so old now, it's definitely hard to, hard to play, you know, things just, yeah. you know, they only age so well, really, and right. it's just one of those things that's like... My appreciation for it is forever more than my gameplay experience now for it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you know what I almost would like to do? And this probably sounds really stupid, but I guess it's no stranger than somebody watching somebody play a video game on Twitch. I would almost like to go to YouTube and watch like a a synopsis of the storyline that somebody's put into a video. Mm-hmm. For arena, actually, I just thought of that right now. I'm freaking brilliant. Maybe that's what I'll do instead of play it. Oh yeah, you're, yeah. Oh, there you go. So, I'm so lazy. <laughs> but it was pretty bad. <laughs> the controls were pretty bad, dude. The first goblin that I saw, yeah, killed me because I couldn't figure out how to hit. You couldn't. You couldn't figure out how to swing your axe. Huh? I couldn't figure out how to swing the stinking two hander <laughs> that I, I have. I was, all, I was all set up. I had like all my stats were all set, and I was like, "Ooh, this is kind of old school D and D ish." I dug it. Mm-hmm. And then I got into the dungeon. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'll make it out of this place. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be taking a face nap. How about you, man? What have you been up to this week? Oh, man. Oh, so it's been good. It's been a good week, man. Uh, a lot of real life stuff getting accomplished. Uh, show stuff getting accomplished. I got started a new warden since last episode. Yes, uh, you did. Man, I'll tell you what. For <laughs> me to enjoy a warden is a real feat because that's not a class that really resonates with me. And uh, so I'm like, all right, I know if I make him PVE, it's not going to stick. It just won't um, for me. So I'm going to make him PVP. And then I was looking around, and uh, you know what? Shout out to Dots Gaming. This one's for you, bud. Yep. Um, uh, I picked up his Blizzard build. I'm basing my character off of that, and it's PVP. So it's, you know, he's Frost Warden. And you and I both know that... Pre-50 PvP versus post-50 PvP is completely different. 
Yes. It's almost not even the same game. Yes. So it's kind of become one of those things where it's like, okay, what does your character do really well pre-50? And in my case, it's sustain. Okay. I make it, like, obnoxiously irritating for people because they can't be killed. Okay, so I know, no matter what, when I go post-50, the basis of that character that's going to come with me, it's going to be drastically probably dropped, but it's going to be, his focus will be sustained. So I get that, and I look forward to, I think I'm at 48 right now, um, but I look forward to that puzzle. I think that's my favorite thing nowadays, is figuring out that puzzle of post-50 PvP. Yeah, and you'll, I mean, if you're following Dots, Dots is pretty squared away, dude. He has a nice... Um, he has a nice mix of what's going to be good for Endgame and, and very effective at Endgame, but he leaves a lot of fun factor in there. So I'm glad you brought him up because the build that I use throughout my entire uh, leveling of my Magic Award, and I'm kind of sticking to pretty closely, um, was his Shaman build. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun, fun build. And that's why I think I had so much fun PvPing right. um, as I was bringing him up. And um, I find I just hit it. I think this this week, maybe a few days ago, I hit it. I hit uh, CP level, and then you know, just in time for me to enjoy the double XP with the Jester Fest, Jester's Festival event. So it's man, those levels really fly. And don't forget, you can stack um, scrolls on top of that. If oh you yeah, have an XP scroll, you can stack oh, it yeah. on top of your pie. And you oh, get yeah, a man. double the trouble in your XP boost. I think I'm rocking 180 after the gear XP bonuses. I'm rocking 189 experience boost, 189%. Yeah, for... you did fine today. We drug you through uh, Scale Collar Peak today. Oh, yeah, man. That and, was fun. Um, and yeah. you're not even 50, and we did fine. Yeah. Yeah, that so, was fun. Yep. That, w- that was fun. That was good time. All right. Well, uh, are you ready? Are you ready to get started? Oh, yeah, I was ready like 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay, fantastic. Mm. All right, everybody, well, welcome. This is the Lore Seekers Podcast, Volume 3, Episode 17. We're your hosts. I am Jordan Butts, or Jibs for short. And I'm with Cash. There's a lot of stuff to talk about today. There's a, there's a lot of a stuff. Lot of th- and even the last-minute things. I'm so excited about that one thing. That one thing? There's a lot of one things. Yeah, well, I'll let you lead into it. Oh, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to tickle him too much with the feather. Okay. <laughs> well, if you missed last week on the show, we talked. Uh, we talked. Actually, we got caught up for one because we've been gone for a couple of weeks. But uh, then we talked Bethesda Game Days, Crown Store Showcase for what was left of March, Jester's Festival details, and if you really want to get to know the Undaunted, we did a lore lesson there, so that was fun. But uh, this week on the show, this week, I'm only ever going to get to say this one time, so I'm just going to say it here. Elder Scrolls turns 25. I'm pretty stoked we're going to be talking about that. Uh, yeah, so a free play event. We got Dragon, St- Dragon Scale, Crown Crate Tease, a new season. And then we got Elsewhere, uh, Zone Trailer. Those of you here on Twitch, you got to see that here on the stream. Uh, lore Lesson on Cash. We're doing a Lore Lesson on, and I'm glad that Pixie's in channel because we're doing a Lore Lesson on the Schools of Magic. Yep, Schools of Magic. I'm excited about this one. And... You sent your emails. I'm sure Mr. Mail Courier will uh, will show up here uh, later this evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening. Are you listening to us right now when you're in the shower? Are we at that friendship level? Oh my god, at- you took it to the creepy stage. Are like, we- quick. <laughs> All right, <laughs> well, let me grab my stuff. We'll jump into the news. Thank god. What a weirdo. 
Oh, Are man. you in the shower? <laughs> because I'm right outside of the shower door. Do you go to sleep? Do you listen to us while you run? These are things I, I think about. Like, wh- do you how do listen, listen to us while you run? Are you a are we a, a runner podcast for you? Is that is that what we are? Look do at you chat. Listen, Look do at you chat. listen to us while you're taking out the garbage? <laughs> oh man, see, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, are you? Do you listen to us while you cook? All right. Well, anyway, we got all kinds of fun things to talk about this week, and uh, they did drop a meet the character on Kamira. Freaking awesome character and we're going to talk about her a little bit more in the zone trail the uh the uh, prologue and then she was in the zone trailer but anyway awesome awesome character highly recommend you check that out we're not going to talk about it today but it's there so go check it out that being said man i've been looking forward to this i've been looking forward to this because this represents we would not be here were it not for this right here and that is 25 years ago elder scrolls was launched and therefore we got an article, uh, oh wait, no, this is an article, I'm sorry. So yeah, we're celebrating 25 years of Elder Scrolls, right? Yeah, well, which makes me want to vomit a little bit. Yeah. Just yeah. a wee bit. Because I'm a, getting older now. Yeah. <laughs> 25 freaking years of Elder Scrolls. I don't even want to tell you where I was at when Arena launched. I don't want to tell you. I was, I'll tell you, uh, let's see, I was six I was six years old when Arena launched. Wow. I didn't even know what an Elder Scroll was until Morrowind. But anyway, <laughs> oh that being said, hopefully all of you listened. I don't know if you saw this, but Morrowind was being given away uh, for free on PC. I did. Hope you saw it. I got a code. I'm excited. I'm totally going to stream this on our Twitch feed, and I most likely don't even care how sappy this sounds. I'm probably going to cry. Because this is the first time I will have returned to Morrowind since I first took steps into it. I'm totally streaming that. It's gonna be like a. I'm gonna, be like a, I'm gonna have to have tissues. I'm gonna. It's like a soap opera. Right. So you and I were together today. We were running dungeons, and then as soon as we were done with dungeons, um, we ended up watching Bethesda Days. The stream came on today, and they had the guy who voices Shiagorath on, mm-hmm. and he was awesome. And then they had the um, the game that was playing was it was Morrowind, mm-hmm. and we were both watching it. And I think we both got the feels. We're just like, oh my gosh, he was talking to Lucy oh, the yeah, Chance, and kind of the doing guards. The yes, and the guard. He actually he voiced the guard too, didn't he? Yeah, he because he started he started talking. This voice actor and I, his name slips my mind, but amazing. His he started voicing. As he was hosting, he started voicing the guard. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Jib said the same thing. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's the guard. Yeah. And he was standing right in front of the guard in the game. It was so freaking cool. And Slash Lurk is in chat. Hello, Rich. Hey, Thanks for, hey, uh, for joining up, us. Good to see you. Wes Johnson. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Yeah. So it was just freaking awesome. Wes Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, that Super was cool, nostalgic. man. When The moment he did the voice. I'm a huge sucker for voices. I was... Yeah, I remember are. when I first saw. <laughs> what did that get weird? <laughs> I remember when I first saw Mrs. Doubtfire, and that first scene is Robin Williams doing the voiceovers for the cat. And ever since then, I I fell in love with with voiceover artists. And uh, man, sitting there listening to him when he did the guard's voice, you and I are both requesting the prologue, and we're both like, "Oh my gosh, dude, 
That was the guard. That was such a cool moment. I see. It's funny because the story that you told me was when you watched Mrs. Doubtfire. You it wasn't about voice acting. It was about how you fell in love with men in drag. <laughs> so sorry, guys. I didn't mean to out him, but you know, don't try and well, bullshit a bullshitter. It's such a good. It's such a good scene too when they're changing the faces, <laughs> trying to find the face. Oh, it's that's good right. stuff. But uh, anyway, so yeah, check. Check out the, uh, you can get Morrowind. I think it's free, when, what, chat, what'd you say? Free till Friday, I think, or Monday? Either yeah, way. I think I, it's only a couple more days. Yeah, a couple more days. So anyway, check that out. Get it if you can. Um, otherwise, I can tell you right now, I will be doing a stream at twitch.tv slash Podcast, playing the crap out of that, and I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so there, with this whole 25 years of Elder Scrolls, we got some awesome things that are now on pre-order that are available to you to to pre-order there that's what i meant so we've got if you go to the bethesda gear shop right now you can pre-order a 25 25th anniversary elder scrolls t it's pretty awesome i think uh who was it caddy jackson community she already pre-ordered hers then you get a you have the option to get a 25 year uh anniversary stein which dude have you seen that thing yep did you pre-order nope not yet not yet and the reason being is because I'm probably going to drop some coin on something else that I think you're going to talk about. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we drain all the funds. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. Then they got a lith- lithograph, which if you've been around our Twitter feed, you've seen the, the image thrown around. But this thing looks awesome. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, and it, then, it, it's, there's some serious detail in this lithograph. Lith- oh, yeah, lithograph. Man. Oh, yeah. It is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to pull mine out here so I get ready to talk about the last one but anyway you now have the availability to I haven't hung this up Rich I haven't put it up yet I'm going to I just haven't gotten there yet uh, get your very own Wrathstone if you want to if you want to get one like we have there are 3,000 available and yours actually does something yours is a little bit different ours yours magnetically will connect to each other yours will be numbered and I can tell you what uh, after doing the prologue today, which I'm trying to talk about too much because I'm not going to talk about it in the show, but I love this so much because now when you have a, the tablet, you're just, you know, you're looking where Abner has this thing on the table and then you're looking at what's in your hand and you're just like, I have a, I have a piece of the game with me now. It's the, it's the map. It's in your yeah. hands. And yeah. when it's got, it's got the magnets on it. So you can literally do what well, dumbass <laughs> Abner Tharn does. <laughs> Jerry put them close together and it's all tink, oh, yeah. and he's just like, uh oh. Yeah. You can do that as many yep. times as you want with your Absolutely. very own Rathstone. It's a cool moment. But anyway, yeah. totally recommend. I can't say enough. Look, if there's ever a thing you should buy, pick yourself up a tablet because it's so freaking cool. I can I'm just gonna tell you now. This is a shameless plug. No, we're not getting paid to say this. It is awesome. You need to pick it up. Yep. But anyway, th- 3000 available. I know there's already lore seekers going around. They're getting their pre-orders in. So there is that. But anyway, that's all the free stuff for Bethesda 25. Or not free stuff, but, you know, pre-order stuff that yep. you can do. The stuffables. The, the stuffables. Thing, the thingsables. Yeah, that one. All right. So anyway, let me put this away real quick here before I, before I move on doing this live on the show. Sorry, not sorry. All right. So anyway, first. I'm going to put that over there. All right. So anyway, first. Uh, First item on the menu for today, we got an article from ESO's official website, Dragons Are Unleashed on the Elder Scrolls 25th Anniversary, and you can play for free. 
It says, quote, it has been 25 years since the Elder Scrolls Arena's release in 1994, and we are thrilled to be part of this incredible milestone with the Elder Scrolls Online. To celebrate this amazing anniversary, oh, look, a Khajiit. <laughs> you can begin your journey to the Kajiti homeland with the Elsewhere prologue, enjoy sales on the ESO base game and Somerset chapter, and try out the game for free, no strings attached. During our free play event, check out all the details below. End quote. All right, so elsewhere prologue quest. Whew, we're going to talk about this for a second. So that's now, this is now available. Okay, this is available to anybody. It's it's on the base game. That means you you don't have to own Wrathstone DLC or elsewhere, um, or even pre-purchased elsewhere. You can just jump in, experience the story, and cash. You and I both have. I haven't gotten through it yet. I got <laughs> right before we started the show. I got to the point where we're just in the halls of Colossus, and it's just like a huge cliffhanger for me. Right. I'm li- like right now in Elder Scrolls Online. I am um, information and content overload. That's what's going on for me, because I will do my three daily quests for jesters on one character and um, feel unsatisfied with the stuff that I got because I'm a total hoarder. <laughs> So I'll go to another character and start oh doing it on gosh. him. And yeah. then I'll go, oh, I have to do my daily dungeon. And then, oh, I have to do my daily battleground. And by mm-hmm. the time that's done, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of tired. I really don't want to start the prologue right now. And then by the time today hit, I went, oh, crap. We have a show, and I haven't played through the prologue yet. So started to play through the prologue, and literally, I'm, it's like mid-afternoon, and my head is bobbing. Like, huh, huh. like I'm I wonder trying what... to play through it, and I was like falling asleep. <laughs> So anyway, I had to leave and go pick up my daughter from school, and I only made it through about a quarter of the prologue. So, but I like it so far. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna gonna say this: uh, the prologue from Somerset to Elsewhere. Everybody at Zoss who was a part of this prologue, uh, whether it's the writing, whatever it is, the planning, marketing, you guys nailed it. And I mean this. Right. And I, I, you know, Cash and I were talking in Discord, and uh, we were hanging out in the leadership channel just questing silently pretty much he was yelling but at me it was <laughs> don't you know better all right so anyway <laughs> i just feel like this prologue already feels so much different than somerset in a good way in that this i feel like really represents elder scrolls at its core in that there's this i get this vibe that there's a lot of layers to this story even more so than somerset it's and a year-long story, bro. Yeah, I can't this is, even wait. Oh yeah, like it, it's, it feels so good. Um, just there's so much more. It feels much more meaty, if that makes sense. Like there's just Somerset was good. I'm not, you know, d- diminishing that at all. I loved Somerset. It was gorgeous, fantastic story, spot on. But man, already you feel it. You're doing that prologue, and there's just man, there's a lot of layers to this story. Yep. And I think we've talked about it before about how, you know, that's that's kind of our whole shtick is relic hunting and yeah. finding the lore and going to the deepest, darkest dungeons of Tamriel to find this stuff. Right. And this entire storyline is all about just that, but on a grander scale. Yeah. So, I mean, just you want to talk about getting your hooks in me with, with the pillars of story in this particular one? Yeah. Absolutely it's be sick. Absolutely, and I'm man. I tell you what, I had this feeling today 
doing that prologue, and you know, in the background, we're both watching the Twitch stream with Wes on there. You know, he's doing the voices, Shiogorath, guards, um, Lucian, you know, Lucian, all these things. And Kamira pops up in this prologue quest, and a feeling hit me that I haven't felt since 2001 with Morrowind. And that was... Oh, go easy, I'm a youngster. Yeah, I know. 2001 with Morrowind, when I, when she started talking, and she started talking about, you know, the, the main and, and the things that she serves. I'm not going to spoil anything, so don't worry. But, you know, just uh, Kajiti culture. Man, oh, yeah. I have not felt that pull, genuine pull for a race like I have with the Dunmer and Morrowind since 2001. I'm feeling a pull of just genuine like admiration and love for the Khajiit race in a way that I haven't before and I'm already like when we I know we're going to talk zone trailer later but man when you when you hear in her voice how they're being treated uh earmuffs it pisses me off <laughs> oh like you know like I'm just like how dare you treat them this way how I mean you right. feel her passion you feel her emotion and I'm just like holy crap this is hitting me in the heartstrings like the Dunmer did in 2001, and I just, man, I may make a Khajiit. <laughs> How did the Dunmer hit you in the heartstrings when they were the slavers? I don't know, man. They just they the just poor the poor Argonians, <laughs> the ones that should have been <laughs> well, tugging on your heartstrings. We don't even talk about the Argonians. I'm just saying the Dunmer. <laughs> They're terrible. Maybe it's that creepy guy on the ship. Remember that guy on the ship? Yeah. The moment you wake up and you start marlin, he goes, "Hey, you're awake. Like, you want to smoke?" <laughs> You want to grit? I have some popsicles down on the other side of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of oh, speaking of races, I think yeah. I, I think I well, there was already a tweet out for me, but um, yeah, I kind of fell in love with that orc at the Jester's Festival, the one that plays Queen Iran. Oh my gosh, it's super weird, but I'm not alone. <laughs> she is so good looking. Yeah, yeah, That's she's how super. I... She's super tall. She does sound like a smoker, though. I will say that and. That's probably going to cause her some issues later in life. But she's really a good-looking orc. That's right, a huge win. Yeah, she's huge. <laughs> That's how I feel about every Dunmer female ever. I think the Dunmer female uh, are just gorgeous. Everyone. Doesn't exactly. matter who. See, Swamp, Swampy O in chat. He was one of the first people to, to tweet that back and go, uh, yeah, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. See, now I don't feel so weird. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, the prologue quest is out. Go do it. Take your time. Listen to everything. Read the lore books that are attached to it. You're not going to be disappointed. It's truly awesome, and we're in for a really good year at Elder Scrolls Online, that's for sure. Yep. All right. So anyway, if you want to do the prologue quest, here's how you get started. First, you visit the Crown Store. Uh, go to the quest starter uh, category. And there you'll see a quest called Sealed Imperial Summons. All right? You're going to buy that. It's free, but you're just going to quote-unquote buy it. Go to your inventory and uh, double-click on that sucker and it'll get started. It's going to send you to Aeneas Devo. Uh, that is uh, Aldmeri players. You can find her outside the northern gates of Vocal Guard. Daggerfall players can find her on approach to Daggerfall City from the east. Daggerfall, nothing, nothing. Evan players can find her at Davin's Watch near Evan the East Gate. You know what? I'm just going to say this. I, in real life, my heritage is the Vikings. And I tell you what, if we weren't Old Mary, 
I'd be freaking blood for the pack, man. No questions. Sorry, you have this look on your face. You're, are you stroking out? Are you okay? Whatever. You're disgusted. Okay. <laughs> I am. I'm a freaking high elf. I mean, look okay. at me, dude. I know. You got knife ears. I am a high elf. Yeah, yeah, I know. So. I know. Yep. All right, so rewards. So you complete the prologue quest. You can earn Dragon Flight Illusion Gem Memento Award. This sucker allows you to summon a special group of mini dragons. Woo, I can't wait. Spectral group of mini dragons. What'd I say? Special. Well, they are special. And so are you. You're a dick. All right, so anyway, daily quests. <laughs> we got Zahiri, uh, who is near Admirthorn's camp at the Grotwood entrance to Elsewhere, offers a new daily quest once per day, and each rewards you with a cache of treasures from the Northern Elsewhere Defense Force. These caches can include rune box fragments for the Guar Stomp emote. Yes. Guar Stomp? It says Guar. I'm in. Okay. What, do you like stomp? I mean, as you stomp your feet like a dance move? Something amazing like that, I'm sure. Hmm. Can't wait to see. Okay. All right, right on. Well, uh, so yeah, there's that. Go uh, go do some dailies. You know, I think they lowered, someone said, and I can't confirm this, but I think they lowered the uh, the requirement to, to uh, get the achievements. I think last year the achievements, you had to do it 150 times. I think now it's down to, what was it down like, to 25 to 50, somewhere in there? For but, say again, the uh, the achievements attached to the prologue, or oh, the, uh, yeah, the yeah, daily yeah. the daily achievements. So yeah, if you're achievement hunter, I think it got easier for this for you this year. So there's that. Uh, so anyway, playing free. If you want to play for free, well, you can. And guess what? It's going on right now. You're thinking, oh, jibs cash. And we you know it's actually fun, and we do get this a lot. I don't list. I don't play the game, but I love listening to your show. Well, you should totally play the game this weekend. Absolutely, you should play it. Play it. Do this prologue, because guess what? You can. We're gonna talk about it in a second. So anyway, play for free until April third. That's Wednesday. For those of you who are not sure, uh, it's free. Hop in. You can play the Elder Scrolls Online for free on all platforms. Players can take part in the prologue quests and even check out the home of the Dark Elves with the Morrowind expansion. Whoo! That's yeah. a story and a half right there, boys. Yep. Boys that's and a girls. great story. That's that is one of the greatest stories in Elder Scrolls Online to go back to. And every time I have a new character, yeah. I always go back to Morrowind. Yeah, there's something special, man. When you start in Sadenine, and you and then eventually get out to Balmora. Oh man. Yep. Sweet. When you memories. hear the Silt Striders groan. Yeah, buddy. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know the Morrowind. That's the one place where when we get into, uh, I try to whenever I quest, I try to do it first person while I'm exploring. Not while I'm in combat, but while I'm exploring. And I tell you what, you go to Morrowind, you kick it in first person. Hello 2001, baby. You know, it's funny that you say that because normally I have, because of the content that we do, I always have my screen like as large as I can see it. So my field of vision is, you know, great as great as I can see. So you can see, right. you know, everything, all the crap on the ground and everything. And you know, you know how to dodge roll out of it and all that stuff. But, there is a sweet spot for me that I really like when you, I'll scroll in and it'll be just over the shoulder of my character. Yeah. And that is such a neat perspective to play this game because you get to see, well, right over their shoulder, basically. So yeah. you're like the, you know, the little devil of the angel sitting on their shoulders while they're going through the world. Um, yeah. I enjoy that in, in 
as I'm questing. But I, I'm not, I'm not really a fan of the first person thing. You know, it to me, it it brings me back to, you know, the RPG side of things when it was just Morrowind or you know Oblivion or, because I get this feeling um, often that you know you don't realize how much you miss because we're always looking straight from behind their shoulders or we're looking at a downward angle. You know what you're missing? Up. You're missing all the design of what's up above you. We went into Frostfault the other day. I kicked that sucker into first person. I was looking up, and I'm just like, oh, my yeah. gosh. This is gorgeous. Yep. Or in the case of our friend Sonny, who only plays female characters, he misses mm. a lot of the game because he's constantly staring at his female character's butt. And there's that. You know, that's yep. a... It's a Genuine third world problem right there. Welcome to the stream, Sonny. <laughs> so anyway, you could <laughs> PS4 players, keep this in mind. You must have a PlayStation Plus membership and Xbox Live. Uh, Xbox players, you must have Xbox Live as well. So there's that. ESO's on sale, by the way, during all this. In addition to the free play event and the prologue quest, Somerset's on sale until April 2nd. And Elder Scrolls Online Standard Edition is on sale through April 9th. I think the... I don't know the exact prices of everything, but I do think Somerset was down to like $15. It's like $15 to $20. That's beautiful. It's very smart. It's very, very very smart to make, um, you know, a large amount of the content that's available in this game more accessible to people right before the big one drops. Yep. Because like you were saying, Jibs and I were having a conversation the other day that we truly believe that Elsewhere is going to be the biggest, the yeah. biggest chapter yes. yet yes. for Elder Absolutely. Scrolls Online. We, we just feel Absolutely. it. There's too much epic yes. in it for it not to be. Not that the other ones were not awesome. Even Morrowind was massive. But I oh, think, yeah. we think, Elsewhere is going to be and it's bigger. The timing. It's the timing. Yes. How many people... Are we seeing right now? And trust trust me, I know in our community, our arms are wide open. How many people are coming from other games right now? Yeah. A, a lot. ton a of lot. people. High profile are, streamers. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're out there and you are a player that's been playing ESO for a while and you have any kind of influence out there with guilds or uh, content creation or on Twitter or whatever, welcome these people in. These are new members of our community that can make this community bigger, better, stronger, more loving, more caring, more than any other community that's out there. Eh, to some people, it might take a little bit of teaching because some people come from more toxic communities. But we are noticing in our, you know, in our world of lore seekers in our guild and just what we're seeing out there, a massive influx of people mm-hmm. coming in, particularly from World of Warcraft. Yeah. And I'm not going to speculate on why, but reasons yeah you know it's, it's it's funny you bring that up because um, yeah we were talking about elsewhere and really the impact that we think what's going to have and it's it's not just the content we're talking about mmo and genre as a whole right now right. elsewhere is bringing back dragons that we have not seen for eight years in an elder scrolls title or any to, title yeah to this extent so they have that going for them right and then they're bringing back the Necromancer. Awesome. Okay, so that aside, what's making this expansion so big for this game and why we're seeing people coming over from Warcraft, etc. Guess what? There's not a major MMO release this year. 
aside from this one. As far as as big as this one. I mean, it's not... Look, last year was Somerset. Somerset had to deal with uh, Battle of Azeroth. That huge expansion. Well, guess what? A lot of people aren't... I have not played it. I'm just going to say that. I'll preface that with, with that. We're neither of us did, and we were both neither pretty big did. into World of Warcraft for a while. We, we were, and there's a lot of people who are upset. They're disappointed. I mean, to be honest with you, this... I think the only other big release was Black Desert Online coming to console for this year. Unless uh, I'm... Yeah, whatever. Unless I'm missing something. <laughs> I mean, like, there's not nothing a threat. for... Not a whole lot. Oh, well, we got Shadowbringers from Final Fantasy. They're talking Final Fantasy. But, I mean, aside from... You know, aside from Warcraft, and I mean, yes, there's Guild Wars 2, but I don't, I don't think there's any huge releases that I can recall, and forgive my ignorance if I'm missing something, but this expansion is going to have such an impact in right. so many ways. So many ways. They're answering the prayer with Necromancer, first off, which has been asked for since the beginning of time. Yep. <laughs> And then we're seeing dragons after eight years. So, yeah, I think this is going to be big in more ways than one. I think this is probably the best expansion you could have brought to the table at this time. You know, yep. like you couldn't ever say, like, hey, we know the market's going to be like this. So, hey, we're going to drop this exactly now. You know right. what I mean? And it's, it's less just, than two months away. It's worked out less. Than, I hate yep. that it's two months away. I hate that so much. It'll be I'm here sitting, soon. I'm Don't sitting worry. here just twiddling my thumbs like I said this last week. I am the 100%. Don't even care. Call me fanboy. Call me whatever you want. I'm sitting in the corner with my with my bones and skull pom-poms for the Necromancer, man. I'm just waiting. You're what? The pom-poms. You know, I'm the cheerleader for Necro. That's what I'm, all day. Your not words. even ashamed. Your words Don't freaked me out for a second. I'm like, you're sitting there with your what? <laughs> <laughs> Put that away. <laughs> terrible. This is a family show. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> <sighs> Alright, I'm off my soapbox. So anyway, check this out. It's worth coming back to the game. If you're listening, um, I know we have a lot of people who listen while they're traveling. That's their job. So if you can't listen, if you can't play the game, you can most definitely live vicariously through us. <laughs> so there's that. Anyway, alright, so next on the docket, we got Introducing the Dragon Scale Crown Crate Season. This yes. coming to us again from ESO's official website. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Quote, Within the mysterious and powerful dragon scale crown crates, you can uncover a host of useful consumables, including XP scrolls, potions, and food and drink, in addition to unique collectibles. These collectibles can include dragon scale armored mounts, cosmetics infused with the light of Meridia, magical pets, and much more. Check out some of the items found within the crown store new crown crate season below. End quote. Okay, so Long story short, and we're going to go through this post because, to be honest with you, it's a massive tease. It's not the full thing, but it's a massive tease. So we're going to go through this here. All right, so we've got maybe, well, we got two, four, six, ten. We've got ten things here. First on the docket is the Dragon Scale Barded Cinch Mount. Yep, it's kitty this. cat with dragon scales on it. Yeah, it's a black cat covered in dragon scale armor but dragon bones armor you could even say um that it it, it looks awesome i mean there's, there's nothing it's more a, to add to it. it it's well the thing that struck me right off the bat is this is a battle cat in dragon oh style. yeah absolutely and that Instant. is that's exactly 
you know, battle cats are something that we really haven't had a whole lot of, but is a major part of Kajiti culture, mm-hmm. especially you know with their with their military. Yeah. So to have a battle cat in the theme of dragons is pretty freaking cool. Absolutely. Absolutely looks good. Looks real good actually. Uh, then we had the Meridian Sunburst tattoos. This looks cool. Um, I think this is going to go right along with, you know, I don't know. Skins cover tattoos, don't they? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, you couldn't use this with Depths of Malatar, the vet skin you get. Nope. But, or the one we're about to talk about. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, this looks good. Basically, uh, it's there's sun tattoos and a whole lot of beamy, shiny looking lines, decorative tribal work almost all over your body. So there's that. Uh, next, we have the, uh, let's see here, Arctic Rhyme Skin. Check this sucker out. Bam! Oh, man. Okay, so if you're running a Frost character, maybe that's your thing. You're gonna want this skin. Yeah. Because you look like you're frozen and partially dead. It looks good. <laughs> I think this is a reason that Jibs just rolled a Frost Ward. Oh, man. I'm a sucker for skins. That's my thing, man. That's why yeah. I want to conquer Depths of Malatar on Vet so bad. Yep. That's, uh... Mm, that looks good. So, anyway, yeah, it looks like you're covered in frost. Your body's been frozen. Your body looks a little discolored, kind of like a light grayish. Like you, like your character, you know, was frozen to death. <laughs> so, there is that. Next on the dock, we've got the Illustrated Deidrat Pet. Yeah, it's a it's a pet rat that's on fire, and that's appropriate. Oh my gosh, this thing looks creepy, man. It's you can gross. see the Yeah. So like I was talking about that skin from Depths of Malatar and Vet. If you're looking at this thing, dude, you it looks just like that skin, so it's glowing with yellow eyes. But then you're seeing like the veins and the arteries in this thing. That's pretty gnarly looking. I gotta give them props for that. They did a, they did good. It's creepy as as F, but it looks good. It looks like something that I want to kill ten of. Mm, absolutely. So anyway, um, a dragon scale crown cray also has a chance to contain one of these extremely rare mounts that cannot be found anywhere else. So first up, we've got the dragon scale storm wolf mount. Good. If, yeah. Lord. If you are a, a magicka character that uses a lightning staff, you mm-hmm. want this. Oh yeah. All day. Yep. All day. Every day. This yep. is crazy looking. Um, you know, I just noticed it's it's partially see through. Partially. I did not notice that. Yeah, you can you can oh, see through bit, the yeah. wolf. Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, basically, it's it's like a grayish type of wolf, more more of an ethereal looking wolf with dragon armor, with lightning coursing through its body. Yeah, you nailed yeah. it. It's awesome, 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 awesome. I'm becoming a friend, a sucker for wolves, particularly the non-combat pets. So I'm looking. Maybe I can pick this one up too. It looks good. Uh, all right. So next we have the dragon scale frost cinch mount. So it's the same thing except it's a frost version. So this is a white cinch that you can see through, covered in. Uh, it, that's not lightning. What? What is that? That's frost. That's or, fr- yeah, okay. that's, it, I wouldn't say it's frost. It's more ethereal. Ethereal. So this yeah. ethereal. Yeah. Sorry. Potato. Potato. Um, Dwemer. 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 But yeah, so this looks like this is a some type of a ghostly kitty cat. Right. Yep. Yep. 
And then perhaps probably one of the coolest looking mounts that's so fitting with this expansion. And that is the Dragon Scale Solar Horse Mount. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy crap. If, if you are a Templar, like I could see a Magicka Templar just loving the heck out of this horse. Yeah. It's basically a flame. It looks like uh, wisps of the sun coming off of this flame horse. It makes the nightmare horse look silly. I mean, this yeah. is covered in dragon bone armor. It's on fire, but it's almost like a purified fire, if that makes any sense. Kind of like, uh, what's that guy's name from Somerset? Uh, Meridia? Sirs Meridia, I think. Um, Darien, maybe? Oh, yeah. The um, the Golden Knight. Yeah, that one. Right. Yeah. he kind of br- This kind of brings back tones of that as well. So there's that. Um, so that's the mounts. Next we've got, oh, my gosh, man. Yeah, talking about some housing right items that people might want <laughs> on time for the necro coming out and the Namira Mistress of Decay statue. Whoo, that thing is gnarly. Mm, yeah, so it's pretty much a huge Grim Reaper. You can see its rib cage. It's is a stone statue. Um, it's covered, just draped in this gnarly looking cloak, and it's got the what would you call those? It's like almost look like crab legs hanging off. Yeah, I'm probably more of like a spider leg or some kind of a hard-shelled insect, a large right. one. Right. But yeah, it's got ten legs coming out of the uh, out of it. It's pretty cool. Oh looking. man, absolutely! Like so, that's that's all we have. Like they, we don't know anything else. We just know that we're in for something really, really special. I've been saving up my crowns. This I've been just been waiting. I have I haven't spent very many crowns at all, and I stocked up during Christmas time during the sale. I stocked mm-hmm. the heck up, and I was waiting for the cash? next crown crate season. So this how many is, crowns you have cash? What's that? How many crowns you have? I'm not willing to tell you. Yeah, how many? How many you got? Come on, how many you got? Come on. Right Come now, on. I have eighty over eighty six thousand crowns. <laughs> it was wait. It's waiting for elsewhere. I've just every time there's a sale, I buy more crowns <sighs> and I just stock them. I don't really spend that many of them because I'm waiting for. Oh my gosh, man. (laughs) Wow. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I don't go out drinking with friends. I don't buy many things. But I do buy freaking crowns because this game is my hobby. It's my hobby. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think 86,700 crowns or something like that. So um, I'm pretty confident you're you're good for the next five crown crate season. <laughs> it's a sickness. It's better than going to Vegas, right? Because I know that, I'm yeah. going to get something out of this. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Way to go. Chat's flipping out. You did a good Sorry. thing. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So last on the docket for the day, that zone trailer. Now all of you here on the Twitch. We're streaming live, by the way, at Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Podcast. If you want to come be a part we call it Lore Seekers Live. It's everything that you're going to hear on Friday. You can hear it pre-edit, pre-post-production, all that here on the Twitch stream. So anyway, we're streaming live. Everyone here, you got to see it earlier. But uh, yeah, man, that zone trailer was good. Okay, so just my quick, re- my quick reaction on it. Freaking dragons. Roaming <laughs> dragons. Oh, my heart. Dragons. Uh, we've got Kamira. She's narrating, and 
I tell you what, I have never been so fur in like furious with a video game than when I saw that zone trailer. And it's about my feelings towards the Imperials, particularly Abner Tharn and his half sister. And just everything that's going on, because this trailer is happening, right? So Kamira's narrating, she's talking about the struggles. And then you see the freaking Khajiit, the whole area just on fire. People are dead, they're sobbing. And I'm like, I am so. I'm so mad right now. Like, I'm just. Gosh, I just want to. Mm, there's a lot of things I want to do. I said it off stream earlier, but so just when I see that kind of crap, it infuriates me to no end, and I feel like they're suffering, and you just start relating, and then you're just like, oh my gosh, I need to make a Khajiit and kill them all. See, so you saw all of that, yeah, and I saw dragons, and then I lulled. Probably at the same time you were shedding a tear, I lulled because Abner Thorn's half sister. Um, looks like Abner Thorn with more hair and a little smaller. And I, I lulled. I was like, that's actually pretty hilarious. Casual Rangers in chat. Welcome, my friend. <laughs> Imperial suck. So anyway, yeah, man. You know, like, you that was... the perfect time, too. That was... Because uh, you're disparaging the Imperials. Oh, man. I mean, those other races, those are great. Those are great races. It's a shame for the Imperials. All right, so anyway... Yeah, you know, that was a good trailer. Um, it set things up perfectly. Go check it out if you haven't checked it out. Uh, it's on YouTube.com slash Bethesda. a YouTube page. You can watch it there. I'm going to throw hey. this out there just super quick before we move on. Yeah. It did, and, you know, I, I, I just about what I was seeing while you were seeing, you know, something super deep. But I did love to see the Khajiit in their own home. And uh, the yes. Cafe Rot... Yeah. Um, they, they were in there. The Alfiq. Yeah, the Alfiq. were in there, and their renders are amazing for the Alfiq. Um, I cannot wait to dive into that lore, to learn more about the Alfiq. Yes. That's huge. And um, if you don't recall from our previous lore lessons, we've talked a few times about the Alfiq, which looks like a regular house cat. I mean, it could be, for all intents and purposes, any of the you know uh, cats from my cattery that I have running around my house. But they dress themselves, or magically they are dressed, mm-hmm. and according to our new lore master, and they have magical powers and are able to cast spells mm-hmm. and are known in the lore for this. So I cannot wait to dive into that. Um, yeah. I'm pr- I think it was the Centrot, the yeah. massive battle yeah. cat that's laying Ooh. in the water. The I don't know roids? if you noticed the size. Holy crap! Right, and that Ooh. is um, they're supposed to be they're supposed to weigh twenty t- I think twenty times more or something like that than uh, than a large Altmer male. Yeah, which is it's huge. It is a giant cat, and that's why they were used for battle. But they still have incredible intelligence. So I'm looking at this more from a lore perspective and seeing all these things, and then I'm seeing um, the Khajiit practicing. In raked sand pits, mm-hmm. which are very reminiscent of old, um, you know, like modern time monks. Yeah. And you're getting to see all of these things that they're incredibly good at doing, which is their martial prowess and their melee combat. And I'm right. like, oh, my God, they are nailing elsewhere. Yeah. That's what I saw. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to see more of that. Hell yes. Absolutely. 
I, you know, it's funny you say that, talking about the area, because I was watching that, and I was like, man, this may be in the running for prob- possibly one of my all-time favorite zones now. Aside from Morrowind, just because of the, the personal feelings I have about Morrowind that I've had for years on end, and man, just, oh, I've never had something that felt like that could challenge Morrowind, and then I start seeing it elsewhere, and I'm like, oh, man, this is good. This is really good. Yeah, it's like, you know, with Morrowind, you're like, okay, uh, how are they going to top this? And then Gauntlet Throne. Yeah. And now we have elsewhere. Yeah, so. exactly. So, anyway, we want to know what you think. You can always call us, leave us your voicemails on our voicemail line at 765 765- Three eight two sixty nine sixty one. Try to keep your e- your uh, email your voicemail around one minute or less. If we like what we hear and it fits in an episode, well, we may include it in the mail carrier segment. Also, you can email us as so many of you do at lordseekerspodcast at gmail dot com. Three sixty five seven days a week goes in our email, uh, and uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. That being said, I can take a breath, have a drink of whiskey, my mead, have some fun. Yeah, so I um, I'm ready to take over the reins, and uh, oh, we're gonna oh, we're gonna okay. talk uh, schools of magic. But first, yeah. I do want to make mention. I have always talked about how much I enjoy whiskey, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I am trying a new whiskey tonight, and this is Ooh, like whiskey. I'm breaking lore here for a second. But this is Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. Ooh, that sounds it's good. incredible. So mm. yeah, Rich, if you're still in chat, I know you also like whiskey. Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. Incredible. I'm like, sounds this sounds really, really, really good. good. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to let you do your spell. I'm just going to take a step back. You know, I don't want you singeing anything, especially after I've been putting that tack down earlier. That's so. actually the funnest part of the week for me is to oh. singe your hair. Ready? Okay. All right. Yeah. Here we go. All right. So, believe it or not, this is Lore Lesson 49. We are one shy of 50 lore lessons which I'm kind of proud of. I think that's I think that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool feat. Now it's no 200 shows like our friends from Tales of Tamriel are going to be celebrating their next episode. So go take a listen they're doing some special stuff for their 200th episode on Tales of Tamriel. I listened to their uh, 199th today and I was like, "Oh my god, that's super close." So lo um, um, lo and behold, they are having a celebration over there at Tales of Tamriel. So go and support them when you can. We are going to talk about today. We had a while back, we had um, a little competition going on and some things that people could win and we had several members of the Lore Seekers Guild and our community win of uh, Find out what kind of lore lesson you want to do. They give me a topic for a lore lesson, and I go ahead and write the lore lesson on it. So, Hyperpixie, who is in chat with us, and she's a streamer herself, she suggested that we did the Schools of Magic, and that's exactly what I'm covering tonight. And I tried to go a little bit deeper than just what the different Schools of Magic are, but where it comes from and how it's used in the origins of magic in the Elder Scrolls. So, without further ado... Magic or magica, which is what it's called in the ancient alien tongue, is the term that is used to describe the use of this raw power, this raw energy, for a variety of different purposes and in a variety of different manners. 
Magicka is known to flow from the immortal plane of Aetherius. And you'll remember Aetherius is the origin of all magic and the arcane arts. So it flows from the plane of Aetherius to Mundus via the sun and the stars. So Magicka is basically made from the very spirit and energy of all living things. And it can be accessed in, in several different ways. So in a way, Magicka is very much like the Force. Or, or midichlorians. To give a little reference from a different IP. Hmm. So anyway, hmm. the origins of Magicka are very, very interesting. Legend holds that during the Dawn Era, Magnus, who was a prominent Etada, or one of the original gods, he was a very large part in designing Mundus. Now, Mundus is the plane of existence that encompasses Nern and its moons. So that's that's our playground, basically, is mm-hmm. Mundus. Um, once he created Mundus, Magnus very quickly departed back to Aetherius, which was his realm, without haste. And in doing so, he tore a hole in Oblivion, which is the Daedric realm. So he blasted back to Aetherius as fast as he could. In doing so, he cut a hole in Oblivion. So the tear in this veil is what allows Magicka to flow from Aetherius into Nern. Now at the same time, when he ripped that large hole in Oblivion, other gods who were helping him design Mundus followed him back to Aetherius. And when they when they went back with haste, without haste, they tore much smaller holes in the veil, which are what we see on Mundus as the stars in the sky. So Magicka also flows from Aetherius through the stars in the sky down to Mundus. So that is how from Aetherius Magicka flows and is able to be accessed and harnessed on Nern. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I was like, man, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So the first fun fact for this lore lesson. These holes created in the veil between Oblivion and Mundus are the reason why the stars under which a person is born has such a profound influence on a person's fortune and fate. And this absolutely ties in to Kajidi lore. Um, these are also the reason why materials that fall from the heavens, like pieces of Aetherius, that fall from the heavens, have such magical properties. Hmm. The earliest known use of Magicka was recorded by the Aelids in the First Era. So just as we were talking about, these fallen fragments that fell from Aetherius were salvaged by the Aelids and utilized because they had such powerful arcane properties. Users of the ma- of magic during these early times were very, very solitary. Nobody quite knew what was going on, what this wizardry was that they were that they were working with. But it wasn't until the construction of the Arcane University in the second era. Now, this is the era that we live in in Elder Scrolls Online. The construction of the Arcane University. In our era, the second era, it wasn't until that happened that magical research and learning in Tamriel became a standardized art form. 
So in the time right now that we are living and playing in Elder Scrolls Online, magic is still relatively new to the universe. Huh. The following are some of the examples of the earliest forms of Magicka. So we're talking Dawn, we're talking basically first era here. Um, mm-hmm. But some of it kind of leaked, you know, kind of leaked over from the Dawn era. So the first one is a form of Magicka utilized by the sword singers, who is, the, as you know, we've covered them before. They're an ancient order of Yokudan warriors. And this is called Shahai Shen Sheru. Now, these warriors were so astonishing in battle in their movements and um, the skills that they were able to execute in their battle style. They were viewed by some to be not just warrior, but also mage. So they were kind of, you know, kind of like a a spell sword in a way. Right, right. Uh, The next type of early forms, early ancient-ish form of Magicka was the Thum. And there's probably nobody in this room that does not know what the Thum is. The Thum is known also as the Storm Voice. And this form of magic was utilized by the Nords, or if you're Jibs, the Vikings, to form shouts. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? You leave Ragnar out of this. Sorry. <laughs> the Thum was utilized, uh, was a form of magic utilized by the Nord, the Nords to form shouts the equivalent of spells of immense power that originated from the language of the dragons. Are we going mm. to see more of this in elsewhere? I don't, I don't think so. We'll talk about I don't think so either, but you never know. You never quite know. I'm seeing a lot of Fusrodan chat, and that makes me smile. <laughs> so the next one, of course, this is probably, undoubtedly, definitely is my favorite the beast tongue this was this was an early form of magic utilized by the wood elves this greater power allowed them to command woodland creatures which was available in all the games but what was the other thing that the wood elves became very very good at eating other races that and the wild hunt Mm. So you will um, you'll you'll remember that um, the wood elves have the ability to shape shift. It's oh, kind of like yeah. a bee, like when a bee's yeah. like re- when a bee's mm-hmm. ready to sting you, it's ready to give up its own life. Yeah, that's what happens with the Bosmer in very trying times, or in the very midst of a battle, or to turn the tide of a battle. The wood elves all have the innate ability to launch a wild hunt, basically, which turns them into incredible beasts which basically pillage everything and kill everything and eat everything in front of them and then they all kill each other in a giant sex orgy this just escalated <laughs> yes we covered this on uh, uh, one of I, our latest lore lessons and you know you just don't remember it until you bring it up <laughs> just it stings a little every time but every yeah, time <laughs> it is a thing and the elder scrolls is not for kids <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> There's some gnarly crap that takes place in this game. <laughs> so anyway, um, another one, which you guys might find this one interesting, and we'll harken back a little bit to Somerset and some of those lore lessons that we did. One of the earliest forms of Magicka that was utilized was utilized by the Sea Elves, the Maurmer. And this one was called Snake Magic. This was a power that allowed them to tame sea serpents on their island 
for use as war beasts and steeds. So those are just four of the most earliest types of utilizations of Magicka in the Elder Scrolls universe. Next fun fact. It is not wholly known what truly contributes to a person's Magicka reserves in Tamriel. Many believe that there are several different influences within a person and their surroundings that affect their Magicka reserves. However, Several man and myrrh are naturally known to be gifted in the arcane arts. And I think that comes out in a lot of our racial passives based on um, the ancient lore of Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. races. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we get into the meat and potatoes of this lore lesson as we talk about the actual schools of magic themselves. And I've saved some really cool ones for the end. But we're going to start with um, a few of the several varying disciplines of um, how magic is practiced. And some have been widely accepted in Tamriel. Some have not been (laughs) widely accepted in Tamriel. But each school has a flavor of its own and a different way of casting spells. And then each pertains to a particular purpose. Mm -hmm. So some of these will, will ring true with all these words, words, words. Some of this actually rings true in a lot of the games that you've played. You're like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that. Yeah, and I was able to do that, and I was able to do that. Well, all the schools of magic have all been interwoven into the lore and the gameplay. So the first school, Conjuration. This, yeah, buddy. This school of magic calls upon otherworldly entities through telepathic means. These spells can assist the caster by summoning Daedric or Undead Guardians weapons and armor so a lot of these are going to raise some parallels with the spells that we're able to cast in elder scrolls online so you might not be a magic a user but every single one of us has the ability to teleport right mm-hmm. so some of this stuff i mean when we get down to some of the different um, schools of magic teleportation is part of some of them so yeah. even though you're a stamina character you still have a magical reserve it might not be a huge pool but your character can still practice any one of these it's really cool so the next one is illusion these spells affect light and the mind of its target think nightblade here oh, think yeah. some of the nightblade skills where you mm-hmm. can mimic your own character and then go yeah. someplace else Mm-hmm. Uh, illusion spells can command, demoralize, paralyze, silence, charm, calm, grant invisibility, night vision, and illumination. Go, you're going to say something. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I, this is probably one of my favorite schools of magic as illusion. For whatever reason, ever since back, uh, I think it was Oblivion where it was really dom- predominant. You saw it often, particularly by the mages that you would fight um, between that and a mix of conjuration. This is this is probably one of the more less understood schools of magic. Right. And if you, like, in, this brings me back to Skyrim, where um, some of my playthroughs I've played with a Nightblade-type character with a lot of very, very high stealth mm-hmm. coupled with illusion skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A sneaky mage. That's good stuff right with there. With stabby stabby and a really highly uh, trained bow. That's good stuff. It's unbeatable. 
Awesome, awesome build. Okay, the next school of magic is alteration. This school of magic aims to change the physical and magical properties of the target. Alteration can harm a target by increasing the weight of an object something is carrying, making it too heavy for them to carry and injure themselves. It can grant an elemental or physical shield. Sounds an awful lot like a lot of a lot of skills in ESO. Mm-hmm. Or harm a target. Um, um, oh, sorry. By granting an elemental or physical shield and allowing the user to breathe underwater. Walk on top of water or open locks without issue. Sounds like you need an alteration spell. Because of your outstanding chest opening skills. Yeah. My chest opening skills are actually pretty on par nowadays. I opened a master chest today. Don't know if you know that, but you looted from it. So you're a D. Oh my god, you're the best. You're the best ever. (laughs) You cheated somehow. Destruction! Destruction spells damage the target's health by elemental or magical attacks. Draining attributes, draining skills, health, or magicka reserves. I hate that. Destruction spells can weaken or fatigue a target to the effects of the elements. Poisons and magic corrode armor and weapons of the target. Mm. One of my very favorite schools, Restoration Magic. Mm-hmm. This school of magic augments the target by restoring its attributes such as health, stamina, magicka, grants resistances, cures disease, cures poisons or paralysis. Restoration magic can also be used to harm the target by absorbing its health, magicka, stamina, attributes, and skills. If you think that you can actually use a restoration staff in an offensive manner, you're kind of channeling restoration to harm somebody. Thaumaturge. This school of magic can manipulate the laws of nature on a temporary basis. For example, levitation, etherealness, Mm -hmm. detection, Mm -hmm. pacification. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I could use that on you for just a minute. Pacification? Yeah. Why do you want to pacify me? Water walking, teleportation <laughs> are among some of its properties. <laughs> I, think, I think the chat got it. Oh, you're the best. You're such a good taker of jokes. You have a last name I like, like mine, and you, you receive the butt of the joke Dude, quite operational often. security. Yeah, well, you know. Mysticism. Mysticism is a very obscure school of magic where its spells can manipulate magicka itself. Very closely related to, listen up people if you're falling asleep, necromancy, mysticism spells can bind the target's soul, detect life, reflect damage or spells, dispel magical effects, and trap souls. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Sounds like a skill line in ESO. Many mm-hmm. scholars debate the morality of this school as magic, but none, none as bad as necromancy, which we will be talking about. <laughs> Fun fact. The arcane arts, most particularly some of the ones that we are about to talk about, have not always been met with warmth and acceptance in Tamriel. The study of Magicka has proven to be all-consuming in very many cases. Take the Mage's Guild. Mm -hmm. 
making the users of magical craft a threat to themselves and others, particularly in the case of raising the dead. As an example, as an outside, outside example, other than necromancy, the Sigic Order, the oldest known magical organization in Tamriel, is actually considered an outlaw order by the Thalmor of the Aldmeri Dominion. Go figure that one. Hmm. The knifers, the knifers, don't agree with something, so they outlaw. Good for them. <laughs> Way to be proactive. Yeah, it's all about and douchey. Everybody else. <laughs> Once you realize your race is worthless, then we can use you. Oh my god! Okay, say. so you need to put context to that. Okay, all right. So okay, <laughs> let, let me let me preface that by saying Jeez. an actual NPC that is a uh, high elf says that. Yes. Right outside of the college in Oregon. Cash and I offer chairs. <laughs> if you have done um, the Oridon Jester's Festival quests when you are running to the college. <laughs> That's the one. When you just get off the bridge and you're right at the beginning of the garden going into the college, stop for a second and listen to that Altmer absolutely own the three <laughs> other races that are kneeling in front of her. It is terrible. Yep. Yeah. Like super racism. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Turn up to on. 11. <laughs> so in a school of its own lies our favorite and most anticipated school of magic. Necromancy. This is a very widely debated school of magic in its own right. Thought of to be a subset of the Conjuration School of Magic, necromancy involves the summoning of spirits and utilizing the powers of oblivion to manipulate the souls of mortals, reanimate corpses of the departed. So yes, as a necromancer, if we haven't figured it out yet, we're raising the dead. By binding the soul of a physical form, which is usually extensively prepared by the necromancer. In other words, the physical form is a corpse of some type. Mm -hmm. Usually not older than three days old, because they don't tend to hold together as well. Um, so by the binding of this soul to this physical form, quote-unquote life, can be poured back into the vessel, reanimating it for use by its summoner. And we covered this when we when we covered necromancy uh, quite a few lore lessons ago, but yeah. the effectiveness and efficacy of a vessel for necromancy, for reanimation, is directly attributed to the intelligence level of said person departed mm -hmm. in life. Right. Right. So if you're trying to reanimate the corpse of a real dumbass, you can expect an even dumber <laughs> dead reanimated corpse. Word of the day, don't re don't reanimate cash. <gasps> My god. Yeah, nut shot. <laughs> right to the heart. Nah, <laughs> eh, whatever. I never claimed to be smart. So All right. <sighs> Generally considered immoral and illegal, necromancy is not very well taken in Tamriel. In particular, in Alakir. 
in any place that the ancient Yakutan, who are now known as Red Guards, dwell. They have an innate hatred for necromancy because they believe desecration of a dead body, a grave, is incredibly insulting and they actively combat it everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. As opposed to our friends, the Khajiit, the Khajiit yep. who will actually sell you dead corpses <laughs> in some of their towns. Family of five on sale for 50% off. Yeah. So if you want to practice necromancy, just go to elsewhere and they'll sell you a corpse. Isn't it? Isn't it awesome? It makes so much sense that we're in elsewhere and the necros getting introduced. It's, it's overwhelming. It mm-hmm. is like sense, sense is overwhelmed. So, okay, necromancy, uh, it, it, it is absolutely considered Ill, immoral and illegal. Many groups, most of which are quite disreputable, have utilized necromancy as a tool of war throughout history. And then here we go, the King Raper, Molag Ball, the father of vampires, mm-hmm. is known to be of particular influence in the use of necromantic arts. As a matter of fact, vampirism itself is considered to be a form of necromancy. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, a couple other uh, schools of magic that we're going to... Actually, I won't even... They're not schools of magic, but a couple of other um, disciplines in Tamriel that are utilized. You utilize them as a player. Also use some form of magicka to enhance. So the first one being enchanting... This is the imbuing of objects with magical properties through the use of a soul gem and is very widely utilized in all of Tamriel. Uh, most of your gear is probably enchanted to some effect. The effects of an enchanted item can augment skills and attributes of the user. It is said that Raven Dureni, if you remember, mm-hmm. um, of the early Dureni, um, I think it was, yeah, the Dureni family, basically, very, very popular family. Um, in High Rock, created the art of enchantment in the first era. Hmm. The next, and one of my very favorites, is alchemy, the art of mixing, boiling, distilling substances, natural and non-natural, to extract their chemical and magical properties for the use of creating potions and poisons is very widely used in Tamriel. Um, Some of the most rare ingredients are very, very valuable to an alchemist, and they can produce the most potent of concoctions, and that's why they're so valuable. Um, and then another Dureni by the name of Asliel Dureni, um, kind of fronted as a simple farmer back during the earliest days of the Dureni clan. This was first era, but mm-hmm. was known to have formulated the school of alchemy into an actual art during that time period. Hmm. So the Durenis, very, very popular people. Yeah. Yep. Didn't they do the Black Rose Prison? The, the Durenis? Was that a Dureni that built it in like one day? The Dureni, um, they're the ones that took over the um, the Dureni Tower. And that's a tower oh, okay. that you can see way up off a of high rock. Yeah. Um, that tower was, it's an ancient tower that was known to have been used um, by the Adra. Yeah. When they were trying to decide the fate of Lorcan. Way, way, way back. And that's the freaking wormhole that we can't get into in this lesson. But we did cover it when we covered the High Rock, or the Bretons of High Rock. 
I feel like I ran across a, uh, a uh, what's their last name again? I'm sorry. Dureni? Dureni, yeah. In Morrowind, the old school you games. I know I've seen that definitely name. Definitely did. You definitely. Yeah. They're in they're in yeah. Elder Scrolls Online. You'll run into Durenis. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very, very, very influential family. Hmm. So, anyway, that uh, that does it for Lore Lesson on the Schools of Magic. I hope you guys uh, did enjoy it. There are a lot yeah. of parallels when you read through each of those schools to things that we get to do in Elder Scrolls Online. They're just kind of hidden mm-hmm. in some. You don't really realize that you're using magic, but every single character, even if you're a 100% stam character, you are using magic in some form. Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome. I love this. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank <laughs> that you very much. Good. That was good. That was good. And, uh, oh, look who's here. Oh, crap. Here he comes. Oh, Mail courier's here. Get some to his hair. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. It's good to see you. I don't know what you do with your haircut, but, you know, you're looking good for a Dunmer. Put the bells back in your shoes. Put the bells back in your shoes. I, I oh, he didn't even say anything. He just walked away. All right. <laughs> All right. He just well, flipped you off. Did you see it? I, I missed it. I he tried not to look. I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to set him off. Uh, all right. So anyway, we, you know, you, you guys email us on a weekly basis, and uh, you know, there's always the voicemail as well. And um, we wanted to put together some. Uh, we want to catch up on emails. That's really what it was. We wanted to catch up on your emails, and so you write us. We talk about it here on the show. So first up, we've got a question from Miranda Leatherwood, and she says. Quote, do you all think that the Elsewhere chapter will somehow include the Dragonborns? I know we as the character won't be able to be Dragonborn, but do you think we'll, we will maybe see the creation of them? A quest involving them somehow? Hmm. Okay, I'm just going to... Can I take the lead on this? Yes, you can. Okay, so we were at the Elsewhere announcement in San Francisco. And there's a couple different parts... Uh, I remember talking um, on stream and off stream. On stream, uh, we're all sitting around the table at the uh, after show on the stream, and Rich said, this is before Dragonborns. This is before you were using shouts. Now, what wasn't said was the fact that Maybe there's innuendos into further things. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's uh, open-ended comments that are made. You know, that was not stated publicly. So you never know. You never know. What we do know this is that there is... This is before the time of Dragonborns. There is not a Dragonborn. Um, we'll see. Right. I would imagine there's going to be some ties into the lore of dragons. Somewhere yep. in there, it doesn't have to. It, you know, it could be a teaser, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's going to be. You know, like this huge amount of lore, because it, you got to leave a little room. Mm. Got to leave a little room for stuff that's to come. Wouldn't it and, be cool if we're just out in a zone somewhere and you just hear off in the distance some ambient noise and you just hear a fuss roda like go off? <laughs> oh my god, that would be hilarious! Absolutely hilarious. <laughs> randomly occurs throughout the day. Yeah, and you know what, too? I want to get good enough with lore. I mean, you know, our whole lore seeker thing is we are constantly... We're constantly trying to get better and learn more about the lore and dive deeper as we understand some of the more, you know, basic stories and basic concepts of lore. Mm -hmm. We are constantly striving 
to be lore master-ish. Not going to say, like, we're never going to be lore master Lawrence, lore master Layman. No way are we ever going to be to that level. I yeah. Mean, we just, we will, we'll never be there. But, um, and I lost my train of thought because I'm a freaking simpleton. Well, but, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I both, we look lore. at lore differently. We lore look at lore fun. differently. Um, <laughs> I'm very much more focused on I will be loyal to a particular part of lore, and you are just like a sponge of lore. Like, you just you just take it all in, man. I, I absolutely love it. And I think it, yeah. it brings me back to yeah to what my point was. I, I actually remember. I'm proud of myself. That's the coffee and the whiskey kicking in. Oh, fantastic. Um, but there is so much to be explored and so much to learn and see and read and, and do and absorb. I want to get good enough with lore to where I can find those Easter eggs from the different games and find things that hearken to other, to other disciplines or, you know, to maybe even stuff from outside of the game. Like, um... I don't. I don't want to draw parallels at all. But I, in this particular instance, to bring my point home, I guess I have to. Um, World of Warcraft, which we both have played extensively, mm-hmm. was really good at tying in certain lore. My cat is killing me. She's purring, so I'm trying to get her away from the mic. I love you, sweet girl, but you need <laughs> to go. Um, they were really good at tying in lore from the real world. Right. Like like ancient legends and stuff like that. You would go to some place in the world, and there would be there would be a nod to it in one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's so many examples, so many examples. I know that exists in this game. I just, I haven't found many. There's a few little things in there that are like throwbacks to other games and stuff. As much as I've looked, I would love to like start a, a, a rolling list of Easter eggs in this game. Yeah. You know what absolutely. I mean? That'd be cool to post that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, sorry. That's such a tangent off of talking about, no, it's okay. Um, dragon lore and elsewhere, but that's that's what the lore of this game does to me. It it tickles all my parts. <laughs> that was inappropriate. Tickles your toes. That was right. really freaking inappropriate, Jibs. So- <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Next, we got Drillix says, "Hey guys, with Elder Scrolls celebrating its 25th anniversary, what does ESO and Elder Scrolls as a whole mean to you?" Thanks, love the show, Drillix. Okay, this could be a loaded question. I'm going to try to keep cash focused to two minutes or less. <laughs> Good freaking luck, dude. So, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. And um, okay. just just real quick, this reminds me of just yesterday when you and I um, had the, the honor of being interviewed at um, Lorecast. Lorecast's show, which was outstanding. Um we had a very similar question to this yesterday. And in a nutshell, what does Elder Scrolls mean to me? Elder Scrolls to me and, and the lore, the story of this game that we get to live and love reminds me so much of the love that Jibs and I both have for the Star Wars IP. It's that deep and it, it holds my it holds my interest. It holds my heart. It makes every single week when I'm researching lore for this game, for this series, for this franchise, it makes every week fresh for me. And yeah. I, it, it it makes me thankful. It makes me thankful to be able to 
play the game. I'm watching my watch. Don't worry, dude. <laughs> it makes me thankful to play the game. It makes me thankful to have a family that understands the things that I love, that I that I need time to play the game. It makes me thankful to have a job that allows me to buy the content for this game. All the way down to these simple, basic levels. That is what Elder Scrolls means to me. And the fact that Jibs and I now get to, number one, create for you, for this community. And number two, we get to take part in the most amazing gaming family that we've ever been a part of. No question. This is absolutely a family. So if you really want to know in a in a in a nutshell what Elder Scrolls is to me, it is my escape and it's my heart. That's where it's at. I'm going to leave it right there because if I go any further Jibs is going to cry like a little baby. And cut. All right. So what is my <laughs> there's one I've answered this once uh previously this earlier this week. It's for an article that's going to be released on uh one of the websites that Cash you and I actually like to visit. Um, but I know the writer's in chat, so I don't want to disrespect the writer and use that answer. So I will say what Elder Scrolls means to me is the lore that focuses around... Like when I talked earlier, like um, Cash is a sponge for lore. So it's very broad strokes, and he takes it all in. And we kind of talk about this a little bit on the uh, latest episode of Lorecast when we were um, interviewed. And... Uh, it, 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 Cash takes very broad strokes. Now that's not a that is not a um, that's not diminishing the way he takes in lore, but he literally takes it all. Whereas with me, like Cash is more the for focuses on the forest. I'm more focused on the tree, right? So like for me, it's I I'm very loyal to lore. So lore to me is more centered around how how an NPC reacts, how an NPC that's a particular race. Um, reacts to learning of new things. And, you know, it's kind of um, reminiscent of the way this show is done. So Cash, as we've said this time and time again, Cash does an awesome job in the lore lessons. That is his baby. I will never touch that. I do not want to touch that. I love it as much as you do. So he focuses on that. So he's taking the broad strokes with the lore lessons. Whereas with me, when I do the news, it's more of... It's kind of like the way that lore is distributed in Elder Scrolls Online. So it's by point of view, right? So when I'm doing the news in an episode of Lore Seekers, that's kind of how I look at lore. Like, how does a person react in the game when they hear a conversation? When they hear or they learn of, hey, there's this plague over in this area, you know, you hear guards yelling that thing. Or So for me, that's kind of what it comes down to is I focus very pinpointed parts of the lore whether it's the race how they react how that how they handle other races how they um survive how they thrive that to me is what eso is it's the interactions with the npcs and what life in tamriel means to them whether it's you're the speaker of the dark brotherhood and you're giving out a quest to go you know have someone assassinated you know i love that i eat that stuff up because i want to know why does that guy feel that way? How did he get here? Uh, and you know, that's that, the beauty of the of the history and and what lore actually is. Yeah, it is lore. It can be seen in several different ways. What's yep. what lore actually is is the story that you're getting from a particular person from that time period or how it was recorded. 
how the writer saw it, how the writer heard that that particular thing happened. That may not be fact, but that's what right. makes it lore. That's what makes every one of these stories lore is because yeah. that is how that particular person experienced it. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why when I hear Kamira talking and see that zone trailer, that's why I get so passionate about that lore and about those people is because, you know, it's what they're experiencing that really stands out to me. So anyway, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, and then finally, we have Jessica. She says, hey, you two, thanks for the laughs on my way to work every Friday morning. I'd be lying if I said I've never spit coffee on my st- I think she meant steering wheel. Steering wheel from laughing. <laughs> Quick question. EU Guild coming? Thanks. We get asked this a lot. You know what we're waiting for? We're waiting for GMs to apply to be a to be a to to head up the EU. Yeah. We're just waiting. That that's, that's all. That's it. We're yeah, just waiting thank you, on Jessica. EU members. We we really appreciate uh having you as a listener and we're glad we can bring a laugh to your Friday morning. Um, but yeah, really, that is, that's all we're waiting for. We know that we've actually created an EU channel in our discord for, um, our EU folks who have joined lore seekers, um, to get together and maybe plan stuff on their server. But truly that is all we are looking for. It's the only thing that we're missing in our community is an EU presence in game. So whether it happens on Xbox, PS4 or, um, PC, we're literally just waiting for guild leaders to mm-hmm. say, "Hey, I've had some guild experience before," and and we hop in. We're not gonna we're not gonna bring in just anybody to lead a guild. It does you do have to have some experience or at least a certain skill set in order to do that. But if you're interested and you're out there, maybe you have a little guild experience. I don't know. Maybe you're CEO of a company and guild experience is like yeah, whatever to you. And you want to run an EU guild? All you gotta do is ask. That's right. You just gotta apply. We yep. just wanna. We wanna That's know it. more about you. We wanna know the deets. Mm-hmm. Know, the, know the goods. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in yet again. Another week of Lore Seekers. We appreciate you so much. Your constant support. The fact that you keep coming back week in, week out, and that we're growing weekly. We can't thank you all enough. You all are awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, you know, if you did, we want to know. Leave us a review for every five star review on iTunes that we get. We show you some love on the show. And we've actually got a couple here. First one from MoShots915 from the USA says, Can't thank you guys enough for creating this Lore Seeker community. So many great people. I have played many games and been involved in many guilds through the years and have finally found what I've been looking for in the Lore Seekers Guild. It's a credit to, to you both. Oh, and the show is pretty good too. Lore Seeker Dade. Thanks, Dade. Dade's a good, Dade is a great friend of ours. And he's one of our folks that uh, organizes PvP events for our guild. And um, we have a very fond Good place dude. in our heart for, for Dade. So thank you, yes, sir. Much appreciated. We do. Agreed. Uh, thank you so much. Steve, uh, Steve-O33. I nailed that one. I had to, had to kind of take it slow. I almost got tripped up. Kind of like, I was here I'm, for it. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> all right. So he says, love this show. The hosts are great. The show is structured wonderfully, and they genuinely care about this game and their community. I've been playing ESO since it released on consoles and have listened to many of the other ESO podcasts, which are all great, by the way. But, man, this show and its community are wonderful. I look forward to listening each week to this positively awesome show. Plus, they have guilds on each platform, so you can join in the 
join in with like-minded listeners, not Dark Brotherhood ones. Well, maybe, lol. <laughs> and play together in a friendly community that truly love this game. Must listen if you are ESO loving podcast listening individual. Thank you. Yes, thank you much very much. And, um, we do. We have a common theme, and we're we're getting pretty proud of that common theme. And it is that um, our community members like what we're doing. They enjoy showing up every day to play the game with our folks. And um, for some strange reason, we continue to bring in amazing people into this community. And it's like, it's very, very mind blowing for Jibs and I, how how well it happens. And I do have to give a lot of this credit to um, our individual guild leaders Oh my and gosh, yes. The leader the leaders that we have within our um, our yes. leadership organization, our tree, because they're very, very good at either, you know, siphoning out the little small problems we see or keeping an eye on something, which is extremely rare, but just keeping things running at a very, very yeah. smooth pace, including, you know, reviewing of applications and getting people their, their invites in game and they're just amazing. So to our team. You're killing it. Thank you. We, we yeah, love you. I whiskey burped we, right in the middle of that, but that was for yeah. you. That was that was a frothy compliment. All Thank right, you. so <laughs> call again. You can always call us seven six five three eight two sixty nine sixty one. Try to keep your voicemails around a minute or less if possible. We greatly appreciate it. And when, uh, you know what? If it fits in something we're doing on the show, maybe it'll make it in the mail carrier segment. Uh, you can email us loreseekerspodcast at gmail And if you want to join the official guild, we've talked about it numerous times. Meet lore seekers from all over the globe. You can do so. By visiting loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild, you download Discord, join the Discord server, and go to the Apply to Guild channel and just type slash apply. The application will be DM to you automatically. Fill that out. We like what we see. You're in. That's it. You join the world of seekers and forge new relationships. It's a good time. You can listen to this show wherever podcasts are available. That includes Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, What's the one I use? Podcast Addict. I talk it every week. Uh, CastBox. Wherever podcasts is, are free. Is that the one that you use on your stupid Android phone? Word, word there. Oh, is that the... Oh, you mean the Android phone that I have Blades installed right now and you don't? Oh, yeah. yeah. You can totally play yeah. it right now, too, can't uh, you? No, no, I can't. All right. So, anyway... a girl. <laughs> we are on Instagram. Yes, we're on Instagram. Come and join us over there. I am on a push to get us some more... Um, um, subs, subs, not subs, followers, followers. on Instagram. There you <laughs> hey, go. if you want to sub, that's okay too. Um, <laughs> no, I think we have like 200 or so followers, and it's a pretty neat little community. I promise I'll get better at posting more. We see a lot of posts, though, I think. Some mm-hmm. pretty decent, some cool stuff over there. So basically, everything that you see on Twitter to a certain extent is going to get posted over, he- over on uh, Instagram. And since Jibs is not on Instagram, there may or may not be more insults um, aimed toward Jibs over there than he probably knows about. That's fair. You know, I really don't monitor that. I monitor Twitter. Instagram's your child. Okay. Redheaded stepchild. Good talk. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> I, I, well, I heard it. I know what you're doing. Right. Now I feel like I missed something. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You all are awesome. We miss you already. We'll be back next week. Take care. Stay awesome. Stay safe. And Tilly freaking Dilly. Safe travels, friends. <laughs>